into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What is up, gladiators? Welcome to the Scandal After Buzz TV After Show. This is Season 4, Episode 5, The Key. Once again, your favorite gladiators are here to gladiate and talk about, I hope, it's still your favorite show. Um, this is Scandal, and I am Emil. Your host with my three favorite gladiators in studio, starting with... Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, Sophia Stanley. Bam Erickson. And let's dive right in. So, uh, Bam made a good point before we started the show. This episode dealt a lot with couples. Uh, couples, friendships, relationships. And so we're going to start with Huck and Quinn and Kim and that whole situation. So we finally had a continuation of the scandal that we dealt with a couple weeks ago. And this week we kind of get right back into it where Olivia is kind of getting her hands dirty because she's not getting any phone calls from her boo, her other boo, as Cyrus likes to say. Um, and we see that she's actually on assignment with Quinn trying to figure this out. But in the meantime, Huck is having this conflict where he's trying to get in contact with his old wife and rekindle that relationship with his son. So how did you guys feel? I felt like it was a little emotional seeing the interaction between Huck and Kim. Yeah, it was very emotional, mainly because Huck's intentions are always good. Mm -hmm. He always means well, and he wants the best for the situation. But his story does sound a little unrealistic. He was a spy. They, you know, stuff happened. He had to disappear. They were going to kill you. And now he's back, you know, after she thought he was dead. She thinks he's crazy and keeps calling the police on him. So... It's sad because who would believe that? Who would believe that? And realistically, in real life, that there's this super secret spy group. Yeah, and then your husband, who's this great guy, happened to be a part of it, and now he's back. But also, you have to know who you lay in bed with at night. And I say that because there has to be like there were some moments when she was outside where she wanted to believe but she would not allow herself to believe what he was saying and my point of knowing who you sleep with i you have to know who you're dealing with you were with this guy for all this time and all the backstories that we saw um and um was it the episode beat was it what was it called 342 or something like that so, yeah 752 in yeah. that episode when we see the we when we see the expansion of their life there was nothing about huck that showed dishonesty or anything that he was except obviously that he was living a, another life but him as a person He's not that kind of person, so I feel like the the moment where she feels like she wants to believe him, but she won't, but that she doesn't allow herself, is more now. She's not she she won't let herself um, uh, believe it because maybe she is trying to put her uh, her her guard up because she doesn't want to be hurt again. But I think she believes in her heart that something's wrong with him, and she's trying to fix it her way by you need to get help versus just listening to him. You know what I'm saying? 
I think the the part that was gut wrenching for me is basically everything that you just said. I think she believes that he does need help because, to a certain extent, Huck does. Huck is broken. Mm-hmm. The person she was talking to in that jeep is a broken person. Is a person at one time was homeless and living on the streets, and Olivia had to save him. Huck really is only like one degree removed from that person. Huck has now been in the hole just that we know of at least what twice or once. Well, we know that we've seen once and we know once before by the way that he reacted to being in the hole the first time, right? right? He's only one degree removed from that, right? So think about it now basically because of Quinn and I'm not trying to throw shade. He has been reunited with his family and do you think he's going to tell them in a manner that's kind of kind of be like calm and cool and be like, okay, I know that you're not going to understand this. I was in a secret agency. I can bring certain people to like verify this, so forth and so on. He's just going to tell you in a frenzy manner that as he's saying it, you're going to be like, oh, you're crazy. Right. It's right. It's like kind of the whole premise. Like the best way to to um, to commit someone who is sane is to commit them. Because what am I going to keep doing? I'm going to keep telling you that I'm sane. And do you see how I'm literally getting agitated as we're talking? The more that I demand that I'm a sane individual, I seem crazy. That's exactly what happened. And that's exactly how she responded. And I think that there's almost no other way to a certain extent that she could respond. And that's, to me, why it was so gut-wrenching when he said, well, why do you not believe me then? But do you think, I, I completely agree with both of you guys, all of you actually, but, and now I'm about to say I'm talking at both sides of my mouth like Sophia says, but in that moment where she says, I'm going to let you see your son if you stop doing this, and then he goes in there and there's the therapist or psychologist, whoever it is, do you think that she was right for doing that? Because part of me says, part of me says, no, she wasn't right, like you made a promise him on the other side, if you truly believe this dude's crazy, I'm not letting you anywhere near my son or our son. Well, the fact that she brought somebody in, I think her intentions were pure. Right. Because if you got to the point where you caught the police on someone a few times, I'm not letting you in the house and I'm not bringing nobody. I'm calling the cops (laughs) and I'm getting you locked up. So the fact that she took the time and and made the effort to get him in there and then to try to have someone to speak to him, I think she really wants to help him. But... I mean, Huck is going to react the way he reacted because he's not the same person. He's not thinking like a, a like a normal person. He doesn't even communicate with her the same way. His speech isn't even the same way. So, her not believing him, it hits him like it would hit a child. Like if you if you like a kid will say, "Why don't you believe me?" or something like, "You want me to lie?" It, because to them, it's very black and white. But if you see a change in the person that you were with for all these years, and you how have many a kid, years do we think that they were together? I'm not trying to cut you not off, but let's like, not that two, long. Two, the most. That's his son, right? They, yeah, and she, and he left when she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Remember, so he came came mm-hmm. back right from mm-hmm. some kind of either boot camp or so forth and so on. That's mm-hmm. how what I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So it was boot camp. From boot camp, usually is kind of like when they select you and they track you into like where you're going to go from there. Mm-hmm. That's when basically B613 came and approached him. And then that's when he was like, oh, I got to go. Okay, well, I I don't know how long that the two of them have been together. But what I'm saying is that if I was, if Cornelia, if you and I are in this relationship, whether if it was six months, 16 months, or six years, and when I come back. 15 I'm, years later. Huh? How old is the son? 
Well, I'm, just, I'm, just saying, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing yeah. that in there, but yeah. you have to, that's yeah. relevant though. And let's just make this an eight. Yeah. And eight years later, you come back. Go ahead. And, and first of all, you called the police on me. Okay, well, if you've called the police on me, where is the cops? What's the story with the cops? Because if you continue to call the, uh, the police on him, how come the cops is still allowing him? Is like I don't understand. Like if you really call the cops on him, why are the cops well, I mean, not the cops- there? Why is there no no uh, no uh, no? Um, when you can't be a, uh, the restraining order, and that's what she said, though. That's what she said. Because I don't think the cops are gonna they don't they don't get paid to sit outside her house and no. monitor. But she placed the restraining order will be different. And I think my frustration is, and it's because of my love for the character of Huck. I think the frustration is that I wanted him to see his son, but maybe the approach that she did with the therapist was the wrong approach. It shouldn't have been a promise of you can see your son. It should have been Huck. We can work up to that. Why don't you come inside? Um, I don't know if she should have the therapist there. I don't know if anybody else was thinking, though. I thought that when he went inside, it was going to be the cops or something there waiting for him to I take him too. away. I thought it was like some goons or something. This is my thing. <laughs> let's see. Let's look at who Huck is and how he presents himself, how he communicates, how he speaks. Was it in his best interest to be introduced to his son? No. I would say no. Would you? no. Exactly. So, oh, time out. I disagree. I disagree. So, with with the way Huck communicates and the way that his wife remembers him, you can't blame her. Agreed. For not wanting to introduce a man who she essentially does not know to her son, her. because you can know somebody for as long as you as you want, but you hear stories all the time where daddy said he was going to get a pack of cigarettes and he never came back, even though you knew him for ten years. It happens all the time, so she really doesn't know this man. The fact that she caught a therapist in there, I really think her intentions are pure and that she really wants to help and really care. Do we think that think there was so. a shift? Time out. No. Do we think there was a shift after he let the, the doctor go and he said, and I was honest with you, I told the truth. Did you see a glimmer in her that she started to rethink? I think she should rethink and I think I did see something okay. in her and I think that even the fact that she let him in with the therapist. I think that was showing a little bit of trust saying, you know, maybe the therapist can get down to the real truth. This might be a partial version of the truth, but I want to get the real deal. So I think in that moment, though, when he attacked the therapist, I think maybe in her mind, she was finally thinking, maybe he's not so crazy. Maybe I need to just listen to him. He okay, needs I'm to gonna, call Olivia and tell them to meet with her or somebody. I agree. And I, I'm going to throw a wrench in it from two different perspectives, and I'm going to try to make this short and sweet. I don't think he should have told her the truth. I think he should have said, I was on a secret mission, not a spy mission, but I, I was in Afghanistan. I was a POW. Make a backstory on the computer so that when she looks it up, like, he's now free and he was a POW, so forth and so on. The reality of the truth is too hard for anyone. Go ahead. No, I was Go. just thinking, because you just threw something out there. Huck is so great with technology. Why can't he fabricate some type of letter from a government official saying where his absence something, was? Something. And email to her. He felt like he shouldn't have to exactly. because it's his wife and it's his family. No, I agree. You I know? agree with that. Now, the only thing is, I'm going to talk out the other side of my mouth, because that's what I like to do. Um, I actually went to school. I went to undergrad and grad school in the District of Columbia. This All is my right. Own. <laughs> so I, didn't even like I, just, I just meant that I was there for a long time. That was my point in saying this. <laughs> you... You interact with a lot of people to the point where, like, it's the breeding ground for the CIA, the FBI, government agencies, so forth and so on. Like, I know people who have security clearances that, like, if they lose their their badge, like, it's like DEFCON whatever. Do you know what I mean? Given that she lives in the District of Columbia, she's not someone who doesn't live in the nation's capital and works in the nation's capital, and he was military. 
it shouldn't be so far-fetched right. for you to potentially know someone who is doing things that you do not have have a security clearance to know, which is theoretically any, anything that you don't know about, that's a spy. Do you know what I mean? That's not what we call it. But if I, if I don't have clearance to know and it's clandestine or clandestine, that's really a spy, number one. Number two, I've literally known people who people thought were spies or may not have been spies, but they literally wrote things. And, like, the next day, like, cell phones wiped, laptops wiped. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I don't, I'm not saying this to, like, be all, like, woo. No, no, I have a, I have a license to do like that. Do you know what I mean? It's the mm-hmm. reality of life, of, of, of living in the nation's capital of the middle of democracy for America, but arguably the world. So there's a part of me that it would be different if they lived anywhere else and he had a different backstory, but given that he was military and he's really into computers and your son's really into computers, where do we think that really good hackers go? Right. Well, let us know what you think about what's... I was just going to simply say that if you continue to see your ex-husband standing outside and you continue to go outside and have conversations with him rather than just say call the police or or do whatever for me that that says that you are not fully believing what your heart and what your mouth is saying i just think by her continue to always come out there and try and have conversation with him right because if she was on the call the cops just do it from inside don't go outside yeah yeah i mean it's been eight years you want to know when somebody comes back like that you want to know well, let us know what you think. Um, tweet us. Go to iTunes. Uh, we talk about iTunes every week, but make sure you go to iTunes. The podcast goes up every single week right after the show. And make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe. But also go to YouTube. And after you listen to it and tell a friend, <laughs> go to YouTube and watch the video. <laughs> watch the video. Because like, damn, I might have missed something. So watch our reactions on YouTube. And, um, yeah, same thing. Rate, comment, subscribe, share with a friend. And like I say every week, make sure you tell at least five new people so we can get some new fans. Um, but yeah, you guys are great. So keep doing what you're doing and keep supporting the Scandal After Buzz TV After Show. Uh, my question to you guys um, in regards to the Huck and Quinn thing, I want to know what you think about the Huck Kim thing. The Huck and Kim thing. But I also want to know what you think as far as uh, Olivia's relationship with Huck in this situation and also Quinn's relationship and how they are reacting to what's going on. Well, so. well Liv has her own life and problems that she's dealing with so she hasn't been she hasn't been able to tend to huck so she's quite oblivious to what's going on in huck's relationship so uh and so because of that you know quinn is the only one that's there so i'm not gonna bash olivia for this one she's not superwoman we'll see what you guys say but olivia in regards to that call to abby when i saw the promo showing that little teaser clip I'm like you know what Olivia like if somebody called me and said I need you to do this I need you to do that I need you to, and, and like she said on the phone she's like can I get a hello Liv well she's always talked to, to talk to them that way. but but it was a difference no and it's so funny because I also watched the promo and I've been going back and forth with this and my question and it kind of has to do with what um, Abby asked her do we consider Olivia and Abby friends or do we consider them family they are distant relatives right now. Because but not now, in general. In general. In, in general. They're family. They're family. Yeah. So to me, as family, Olivia has a right to talk to her like that. 
when someone's your family, I don't mean biologically so, like, it can be your friend, but I have certain friends that I consider family. I don't care what's going on. We could not have talked for six months. I could have told you, called you out your name, blah, blah, blah. Something happens that is a life or death situation. You are allowed to call me and be like, Sophie, this is what I need. There is sometimes no time for hello, no time for anything other than I need my friend and I need to as quickly as humanly possible because I'm not, I'm not rationally thinking. Like, I'm emotional and the one person I should be able to talk to and call for assistance is someone in that inner circle. True. The caveat is whether or not Jake merits a level of a life or death situation. Now, that's a different subject, but I definitely think, ironically, Olivia was not wrong for how she spoke to Adam. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with you, but I'm, I'm, let me say this. If Olivia's tone is not always so on 10 when she's on the phone with Abby, Abby can't tell the difference between um, hey girl, hey girl, like, like her tone is always so aggressive to Abby when she's on the phone with her. So Abby is thinking that it's Olivia just wants her way this time. You always like, if you have a friend that you haven't spoke to in six months and they call you and you can tell in their tone that they're talking about something different, you're gonna, you're gonna react differently. But if it's like, you know, just whatever, how the conversation is, you're gonna be like, what do you want? So it, 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 it's different. That makes sense. She's already on a defense. Yeah. But, it, it, regardless of which way she would have called, it wouldn't have worked in her favor. They had an argument or disagreement a couple of days ago. They've been disagreeing since she got back. So if she would have called like, hey, girl, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, let me ask you something. She would have been like, stop being fake. She would have got on her for being fake. But if she called the same way she called. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, sorry. Can, you, can, you, can you do that? Hey, girl. Hey, girl, what you doing? You busy? You working today? What you eat for lunch? Girl, that's crazy. If she would have did that, Abby would have got on her. So Olivia could not have won. She couldn't have won either way. So she, her calling and yelling like, "I need you." What else was she going to do? I can't. It's the truth. Oh gosh, I haven't laughed that hard in here in a minute. I can't. Um, okay. I completely agree, and now I like both sides of it. But um, I like that we had. And we'll fast forward to the end, the reconciliation between Olivia and Abby after Abby confronted her because of what happened to David. So David is going through this thing because he was starting to win because of the B613 foul. And he's like, oh, yeah, justice, justice, justice. And then all of a sudden, we have the judge who committed suicide because of the fact that he released that information. Now, can we pause before we actually move on? What's up? Um, Again, and I'll take all the heat or the hate that I'm going to get on this. David needs to kind of grow some cones. No, he's n- number he one. Getting punked a lot. Number two. Again, the judge wasn't without fault. Exactly. It's not as if he was going to out him for stealing a skittle, or I'm trying to think of something like innocuous. Do you know what I mean? Per my recollection, he ran someone over with his car and then left the scene. You're a judge. Theoretically, whatever your reason was, either it was not your fault or it was your fault. If it was your fault, specifically and definitively because you are a judge, you should believe in the legal system. And therefore, if you were at fault, you should be punished. If you were not at fault, you should also believe in the judicial system because you are a judge. And therefore, you should stand before a judge and let the judicial system decide that you are not at fault. The fact that he circumvented that, Mm -hmm. to me, gives literally the foundation or the hole for which David to now circumvent the law in order to win. I don't see why he's so... And that's... that's Like, he's not like he killed a saint. I completely agree with you. And also... 
Um, with this whole situation, David released this foul. But the judge, if you've done something like that, this has been eating away at you for years, however long, ever since the accident. So it's not like it's uh, because of David that he did this. David just reminded him of what he did, but he never forgot. Let me speak on David's behalf. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Rosen. Um, You have some people who are so cookie uh, cut clean that the littlest dishonest thing that they do, it really tears them up. David is really a good guy and his heart is very, his heart is always in the right place. So for someone who's probably gone his whole entire life of being honest, um, always on school, he probably had perfect attendance, he's probably never missed school, for someone to do something as what he did for him and his character that's like, oh my God, I just can't believe I did that. For some of us other sinners who have, you know, have done, you know, other things, it, we wouldn't give a damn. But for someone like David's character, I see why he feels that way. Well, just in general, though, David got choked, slammed onto the desk. He's been getting punk. He's a punk. For a while. He needs to take some self-defense classes or something because he, in all aspects, he does need to get some balls, like Sophia said. But, like Bam said, that's he's a good. He has a kind heart, so you can't really fault him for that because he seems to be the only one who had who's who feels bad when things go. You know, when things go wrong or go in the right direction. And I, you can you gotta appreciate it. What do you think, Emil? I think that uh, in addition to the fact that David needs to get balls, he also needs to get laid. But more importantly, he needs his rock back. Abby was his rock. Abby was his confidant. And Abby was this person who he could lean on in situations like this. And the fact that Abby is not giving him that support right now, I think it's taking an even greater toll. Because, yes, what happened with the judge, you know, is a bad thing. But I don't think that it would get to this extreme situation where now he's drinking and, like, running around drunk. And, like, I don't think it would get to that situation if Abby was still... Because, I mean, a lot of it, if you think about it, is because of Abby. He's calling her every day, like, Abby, I need you to talk to me. Talk to me. Abby, are you there? Like, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But do you think he has the right to call Abby, given the fact that he no. wasn't there? No, and that's the thing. Like, if your partner's in, one partner's stepping up, and you don't step up and fill your duties as well, then no, he doesn't have the right right now. But at the same time... <laughs> but has Abby... Have we seen Abby gonna... tell him that he wasn't there for her when Harrison yeah. died? Did we see yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. Listen. Like, it was outside the park bench. She was like, yeah, you don't get to do this. You were all, like, crazy spy with these files mm. when I needed you. I've been Team Abby for a while, but Abby, lighten up, chick. Because I understand that he was not, that David was not there for you um, in that specific time when Harrison was gone. But the the work field that you guys work for, sometimes... It's not possible for him to be there. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't there though working. He was there on his super spy sleuth. I'm not. I'm not invalidating Mm -hmm. your statement, but it would be different if he was there because he was like doing his actual job, taking down B613 and these and these little files. Theoretically, isn't his job. It's his passion, his 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 thing, but it's not theoretically his job. So he chose that over the fact that his girlfriend was grieving, and of all people, Abby, it seemed as if Abby literally was asking him for support. For Abby to ask for support, and for something to affect her enough that she needed support, I think that's pretty major. I still think he has the right to call her. Okay. 
because she's picking up the phone. If she didn't care that much, she would do. She would do the um. What we do on cell phones now? Swipe. Yeah. You know, and swipe. If that, ignore. If that's your girlfriend. I mean, you you if and if he doesn't call her, Abby's gonna eventually say you didn't call me now mm-hmm. either. He's mm-hmm. he has to call her. It's a lose lose situation. Right? Yeah. Okay. See, I'm, I'm really team not David. <laughs> I don't know why. Um. I still think it is selfish of him. I think we are selfish by nature. Mm-hmm. So I think that you're going to do what's in your self-interest. And so we called her out of his own self-interest. But I think to blame Olivia is short-sighted and um, shows a lack of accountability. You are a grown individual, number one. You are also a uh, a licensed as well as accomplished legal professional, you made the decisions. That has nothing to do with Olivia Pope. So what someone is doing over there, that would basically be like, okay, like I'm going to lie and not pay taxes or defraud people because other people have a bigger house and a bigger car than me. No, because I'll know I'll go to jail. Right. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to blame. So when I then steal and like defraud someone on my taxes so I can get a, a bigger vehicle, I'm not now going to blame this other person that I saw on TV doing the same thing. That's asinine, especially given the fact that there is no way that that David can really think that it doesn't weigh on Olivia's heart. Do you know what I mean? They at one time were friends enough that he must know that she's carrying a burden. The difference is you literally don't have the spine to carry the burden that Olivia carries. Mm-hmm. Don't blame her for that. That's on you, dude. You wanted to win. That should have been, I wanted to win, period. Not... Olivia Pope made me do this. I wanted to be Olivia. Or even wanting to be Olivia is one part, but kind of, it still seemed like he was pushing blame on her, which I think shows a lack of accountability. I, you do make a good point, but I think also you have to remember Olivia, David had the whole uh, Quinn case. He had that in the bag. And look what she did. So he has a, he shouldn't blame her, but I can understand why he blames her because he had that in the bag. I mean, it was like, damn, bitch. <laughs> I mean, I would I would feel a certain way. I would feel a certain way about Olivia as well. And sometimes even when it's wrong to blame, it makes him feel better to say this is Olivia's fault because True. Because what Olivia did was the downfall of that poor thing's of his destruction. Well, we're gonna excellent dive. Point. That's definitely an excellent <laughs> point, and we're gonna dive more into Olivia's side and more into her story this episode. But back to the closing scene with uh, Abby and Olivia. I really did enjoy seeing the dynamic of Olivia, basically having Abby lay in on her, and while she's already disheveled from what happened with Rowan, Rowan told her about Jake. Um, but like I said, it was nice to see that reunion where even though, and this is how we know they are family, because even though Abby was pissed off and said, you're poisoned, all these different things, and she's just laying it in, she sees her sister or her cousin, whatever you want to call them, standing there, obviously struggling, going through some type of pain, and then she finds out we have this common thing, Jake, my boo thing on the side, kind of killed Harrison, and then... I'm ready to see where this relationship goes. And as we see in the previews, if you watch the previews next week, it looks like Abby's going to be back to those snaps and getting it done. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Olivia, though. (laughs) Olivia in this episode, um, she is missing her her boyfriend, um, Jake, who isn't answering her calls. And she's calling and calling again. And it's going straight to voicemail. Um, and it was a line, I don't know if anybody wrote that, I wrote it down, but it may take me forever to see my notes where she talked about, she was like, oh, it's when Rowan came over later in the episode, which, let's back up then. <laughs> so, 
So Olivia is not getting these calls, and that's the reason why she was on the mission with Quinn, and she sees the girl get shot because she's like, my boyfriend's not returning my calls. And she then, says, my boyfriend's avoiding me. Yes. And then we go to her apartment, and all of a sudden, Rowan shows up at the door, which, based <laughs> on the relationship they have, I know that they're trying to make it work, but I would be suspicious if Rowan showed up at the door regardless, especially if my boyfriend's missing. I'm sorry. Let's bullshit. That's not your boyfriend, first of all, because... No, it was her boyfriend when he came to dinner. Yeah, he, th- bullshit. Okay, that is not your boyfriend because you can't have. Th- that's why Jake is playing her. Uh, she can't have so what? What should she call him? Yes, because you can't call Fitz her boyfriend because Fitz is the married man. Right. So what should she call him when she in- when she calls Cut her buddy, homegirls and introduces her and they say, "So what are y'all? What did she say?" He's my man of convenience when I need him. Oh. But why can't she say it's her boyfriend? Because no, 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 no. Because okay, theoretically, that's the, not your the last scene, the last scene, or not the last scene, but one of the, the oval scene last episode, when basically her and Fitz were having a moment, and she stopped Fitz and literally, basically, said Jake's name. Mm-hmm. That to me was definitively saying I'm with Jake. And why can't it be her boyfriend? Because it's not. Every dude you date ain't top notch. Every dude you date ain't Amy Selva out here in the street. He's not. But that does not mean he's not your man. Like, so, we have to fight over. I'm like, why can't? Yeah. Why can't she call her boyfriend? Because, I mean, so now she's saying it's Bae? So like, now, that's what she called. <laughs> yeah, that's Bae. Like, it's not. She's just saying it's boyfriend. Just saying it's your boyfriend. <laughs> I can't with y'all today. But I get what you're saying. I, I, okay, so the you point just, I can't even respond. That yeah, was no, it. I, I can't respond, but I got the giggle. So the point is, though, if her boyfriend, her bae, her boot, whatever you want to call Jake, her cut buddy, as I used to say on LA Complex, yeah. her cut buddy, this guy goes missing, and she obviously cares about him. Maybe not as much as Fitz, but she does care about him. If he has gone missing, you can't get in contact with him. And Rowan shows up at your door. I would be suspicious. Am I wrong? I agree. Yes, especially because he never comes over. Exactly. Come over but here. you have to remember, um, I call him Reverend Ike. Reverend Ike is the best. <laughs> what? <laughs> he gets because he's Turner? always he's always preaching. No, no, Reverend Ike, the preacher from the seventies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Reverend Ike is he's great. <laughs> Reverend Ike is the best at manipulation. Okay, like he says, I train Jake. He can manipulate any situation and make them think whatever he wants them to think. So, so Liv may feel a little at I like that. Why are you here? But you know, Reverend Ike is going to preach her into a coma to, to make her feel comfortable. That's what he always do. And he brought cocktails. Yeah, so. he's so good. Like literally, I was screaming at the TV. I was like, Joe Morton is that good? Because. If you watched it in a vacuum, you would be like, oh, my God, he's such a great dad. Mm-hmm. He really cares about his daughter, <laughs> her relationship. Like, he brought wine. Like, he's trying to all, like, talk to her about her boyfriend and being like, oh, lions need to roam. Don't worry about it, sweetie. I was, like, sucked in. I was like, no, but this man is a killer. And I love at the beginning, he's like, I had a rough day uh, talking about the birds. <laughs> the birds <laughs> said they had to go up on the same day. Like, come on now. I can't. But uh, fast forward, if we're going to continue with this Olivia Rowan thing, we go later <laughs> And we see that Olivia has found out that Jake has been captured and Jake is being interrogated, all these different things. She goes to Rowan to find out what's going on. She calls Rowan a liar. But once again, that monologue that he had and that di- or that dialogue he had with Olivia, it was more of a monologue, monologue telling her what Jake did and how convincing he was, even though... He was talking about himself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This guy. But I can't did, stand Reverend Ike. When did 
Olivia decide that dad was cool. Exactly. It, that was when gonna, when when she realized that her mom, mom was bad. So yeah. she had to. So she, she has had to, to be pick. definitive. Yes. So she had to say, okay, so since mom was bad, dad must be cool. Yeah. Olivia. Like, I just need her to write them both off. No, your both of your parents are messed up. Yeah. I don't. I'm, you know, this is just uh, me saying, I don't really think that's Olivia's dad, me personally. You think it's, uh, what's his name? Uh, that one that he but killed. But then why does he care so much? Because that's been going on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Was his name Frederick? Fred? That guy. What, whatever his name was. Tell us on Twitter. We cannot remember his name, but basically the one who was in love with Olivia Pope's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, her handler. The only reason I cannot buy that backstory is because why would Rowan care so much about Olivia? He would have shipped her off to some boarding school, she would have been fabulous, and they would have never talked again. He wouldn't have paid for her law school loans and then used that as some kind of a thing to hold her together. And now I'm going to talk about the other side of my mouth. Unless it's because his love for Maya is so much, he doesn't care, and he sees Maya in her, and that's why he loves her, but I still don't buy it. Could well, it maybe be he that... didn't think that that was her, his daughter until yeah, that exactly. man came mm-hmm. around, yeah. and they dropped that tid while Melly was trying to get the paternity test as well. Maybe he thought that was his daughter up until that point. It and after be. that point, you already love her. It's already your daughter, so... Yeah. But Even someone like Rowan? Yeah. Mm. Well... But... No, I'm asking. He has a a very soft spot for Liv. And so, to go with Cornelia said, I think it potentially can be something where, you know, uh, she's been a part of his life for so long that you don't have to be, you know, someone doesn't have to be your child for you to to spit them out. But to know that their mom was like an evil spy that conned you, there wouldn't be more like Venom. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's why know. he's trying so hard to... We haven't seen him like anybody in Olivia's life. Mm-hmm. He's not even really that friendly with her friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, not even to say that this has anything to do with who her real father is. Take that and, and, and put that to the side. He, the fact that she... Nobody she's been around that we've seen, he's been cool with. He's not a nice man to them. He's only nice sometimes when he's trying to butter her up. Why does she think that he's a cool guy? That I agree with. He's not like he's not nice to anybody. She hasn't seen him come, you know, be cool with nobody. He doesn't. When he came in OPA, he wasn't like, oh, what's up? But I think it's it's for the it's for the same reason, and I have to jump forward. It's for the same reason that Cyrus had to remind her who she's laying with, i.e., Jake. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think that because she does live in this white hat bubble. I think she sees, like, the end justifies the means. So I think that as long as she kind of can put on the hat that there is a need for command, and as long as, let's say, command is good, that whatever command does, i.e. kills, lies, cheats, so forth and so on, is good. Because why? Because that's what she does. And I still contend, like, Father Like Daughter is about Olivia and Rowan and not necessarily about Fitz and Karen. So literally, to a certain extent, she's Rowan. She may not physically kill people with her hands, but she has Huck. They're identical. Mm-hmm. So for her to be able to look at herself in the mirror, she has to see Rowan in that same white hat light, even though I completely 100% agree with you, Cornelia. It is asinine. She should know. <clears throat> Simply because he is the head of B613, that he's an evil mf'er. And that, at the end of the day, you should be suspicious when he shows up in your house and you can't find your boyfriend, who not only was B613, but tried to do a coup and oust him and then got ousted. And then you invited him to dinner with your dad, who's also a command, who tried to steal his job. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll save it. I just think that uh, she's obviously getting mine. <laughs> For people who can't see my mouth. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a sucky situation. Like, I, I, it really, it was, I mean, he's a great actor, obviously. He deserves his awards, but it was kind of disturbing to see how easy it was for him to twist that narrative. And to the point where I was like, wait a minute, did Jake actually do this? Like, that's how convincing it was. Well, and it didn't get as convincing to her until he brought up Harrison. Because mm-hmm. before, she was still kind of like, well, how do I know? How do I know? And then when he said he killed Harrison, and then that's what hit her. Cause but what? But I, I have to disagree with you, because even when he was saying it, she, there, I believe there was like her head shaking, like, no, 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 no. Like, I think it was her gut that was saying, Dad, yeah, hell no, that you, you're lying. But the words was conflicting with her stomach. So it was like as much as she doesn't believe it, because Rowan is who he is, he knows how to get past Olivia's gut because that's his and child or not his child. Truth. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. It's also that in the, the the dialogue or the monologue he infused truth. He did send um uh Jake there to spy on her. Mm-hmm. So that's true. So so the fact that like they had this instant connection, it's because he already knew about her, right? He was obsessed with her. And I've I've talked about this online and and it's not that well let me rephrase. I am actually a non Olake. I detest them together for a myriad of reasons. However, I won't go into that. The most important thing is Jake doesn't know Olivia enough to love her in the manner in which he loves her. I think his love comes from the hole in his heart. The fact that that monologue that he gave, and I don't recall the episode, when he basically was like, I have no family, that's what command does to you, so forth and so on. It's that he had this void, right? You have this void, and what happens? God or the universe or command sends you a fixer. How do you not fall in love with her? It's the same reason that therapists aren't allowed to sleep with their patients. Right. Why? Because patients are going to fall in love with their therapist. Why? Because you fixed me. Mm-hmm. So can the same thing be said for the way Olivia feels about Fitz and Jake? Because she had a hole. She was inadequate. She was incomplete. She didn't have a man that in her life that, you know, could make her feel a certain <laughs> way. So here comes these first fits, and then here comes Jake. I've so can the same thing, totally thing be said? I've always said that that um, Olivia's relationship and how she feels with Jake is to fill the void. She needs somebody to... But what about with Fitz? Fitz, I think the question is really Fitz. No. Okay. Well, let us know what you think online and we will continue that discussion. Fitz and Melly. And Jake. Even Fitz and Jake. Fitz, Jake, Melly. This whole situation. So we'll start with Fitz and Jake because that was the beat of the episode. And Jake is down there being interrogated and he's not giving anything. Which <laughs> it's funny how Cyrus, when he's in the office, is saying we have our or we have our best interrogator down there, the best that the justice system offers. <laughs> and like seeing the way Jake was interacting with him, I'm like, okay, this dude is kind of wet. Dude had his taco <laughs> meat hanging out of his shirt. <laughs> it was the only time I've actually liked Jake. Yeah. In in the box. Yeah. And the way he was reacting, that felt authentic to me. Right. He was like, I mean, what are you doing right now? I'm not telling you anything. The president's going to come like, down I'm here. He's like, I'm handcuffs on just right. because. All right. And then when the president finally did come down, uh, the interaction between them is something I think we all were waiting for because I think, is this the first time, this is the first like real, real time we saw them like really interact since the, uh, since the whole getaway. And they had that brief interaction when he was leaving the White House, but not really, right, but not really anything. And so when Jake was telling Fitz, you know, you've been waiting for this moment, all these different things, I agree with that. But at the same time, do you honestly believe that 
most of the motivation was the fact that he slept with Olivia and they went away, or do you think that most of, of it was? Of course. I think he was. If if he wouldn't have went away with Olivia, he would have been more willing to listen to Jake's side of the story. And when he brought up Rowan, so I guess my question is, and that that puts another thing on the table. Do you think that Fitz loves Olivia more than he ever loved his son? Mm. Okay, wait, go go one step further. Like, take me in your head. Just because I'm just trying to see, because you know he was so adamant saying, yeah. no, I'm upset because you killed my son. Yeah. Do we think that Fitz could actually be so passionate about Jerry? Or is he, like, I just, I'm just trying to get in Fitz's mind. I do. I mean, uh, I would that hope is an not. excellent question. No, I, I, Emil, that is. Think about it, though. Think about the relationship question. you had with Jerry to the point where Jerry was about to campaign for somebody else. And, you know what I mean? So, does he love Olivia more than he ever loved? But see, I think it's two totally different loves. I think it's two totally different loves. Now, I do think that, I do think that there was a part of Fitz who did believe Jake uh, Jake when Jake was trying to explain to him, but because he was so pissed off and he was so furiated with Jake for what he did, he wasn't really listening. He's, his, his motive was to go in there and basically beat the shit out of him and take his frustration out on him. He wasn't really listening. He tried to, but then he had to leave and come back. He had to then re, you know, regroup, get himself. He unbuckled, he, he, uh, he rolled up his sleeves, and he went there for what his purpose was, which was to beat him up. Well, but, Fitz needs to beat up those divorce papers because if you have a problem with anybody, then that's you need to have a problem with yourself because Olivia... I'm not going to get into that. Y'all know what I'm saying. However, I was disappointed that Fitz didn't let Jake take the cuffs off and then really go at it. That's when he walked in and started rolling his sleeves up. I was hoping for that moment. You, Yeah, you had my girl. Well, you know, the girl that I want. Let's box it out like two men. Instead of me beating up on you while you're sitting here with your hands tied, me knowing that you can't get at me. That that right there made me a little upset with I, I agree with you. In, I agree with you in theory, but also, too, I mean, he's still B613. Like, yeah. that's not going down. I think my problem with the situation is more a matter of you, in theory, let this man get so in your head. Because to me... Jake is also mind effing you, mm-hmm. right? Because for him to have the earlier dialogue with you, where he's like, you know, you may not think you wear the white hat, but you wear the white hat. Otherwise, there's no way that she could love you. And then he goes, I wear the white hat too, or else she could not love me. And I was like, oh, I can't yeah. believe you said that. But there was merit in it, right? Even though I may not believe it, there was merit in the statement. And then he says, because you're one of the good guys, if you weren't, you basically would have already pummeled me. He basically goaded him. He led him to do exactly what he's doing, which to me, again, is showing, so why are we so all into fits? Do you know what I mean? So so does he wear the white hat? Because he said someone who would wear the white hat would potentially investigate beyond Rowan. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you really think that this dude, and again, they have a backstory, right? Because they were in the military together. They were boys. That's why you thought close enough to literally be like, yo, watch this woman. You didn't tell me that I couldn't, couldn't, go with her. Technically, he's never even after the fact said, hands off. Think about it. He's never mano y mano said, dude, I know you like her, but I'm letting you know I'm the president, so stay away. And maybe he did, and so if I'm forgetting this, you're going to tell me on Twitter. But, <laughs> no, but seriously, do you know what I mean? But he, he hasn't done that. So to me, he literally got led down a road where I think not only, and this is Bam's prediction and all, whatever, 
Jake is going to get out of it, and literally Fitz is going to have a spiral. Because now Fitz has literally and figuratively become his father. He is so disrespectful to Melly. He doesn't want Olivia because she went away with a man, but you're married? Mm. So he is upset with Olivia for going on vacation with another man, but Fitz is married? And now you're going to beat the shit out of him? Because he was with your girl? Because there is definitely Absolutely. credence in what you're saying. We have not seen Fitz get this mad about Jerry. Right. We've seen him drink and mourn and be sad, but not the level of rage which we are seeing for Jake. So is it because of Jerry? Or is it because of Olivia? Because if Tom was in yeah. that chair, he wouldn't be doing the same I totally thing. Agree. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I agree now. Okay. And this is, before we get into Fitz and Million, that will be our final topic tonight. Um, my question is, and this has been bothering me, so I just need to know if you guys remember anything or Twitter, whoever. Um, wouldn't Fitz be a little skeptical? Because, and just tell me if I'm forgetting things, it's been a long summer. <laughs> Didn't Rowan tell him that his wife or Maya was the one who, Maya was the one who mm-hmm. killed yes. Jerry? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't he be a little skeptical now all of a sudden that Rowan's flipping the script? I totally agree. He fits is gullible. Everybody is so manipulated by Ruin. It's pissing me. I mean, I love this character, but it's pissing me off. Anyway, uh, Fitz and Melly. So I love the opening scene that we had with them where Melly's like, well, you get drunk, Melly, and you get smelly, (laughs) Melly, today. That was good to see. Um, But I like that they had that dialogue, but uh, it was cool to see Melly's response in lieu of uh, Fitz's absence from going to the grave and how she dealt with poor Lauren, who is a recurring character that I love. Um, but I know we had some uh, gasp and reactions in the room when <clears throat> Fitz finally had that conversation with Melly about what was going on because after Fitz came back into the room with Melly, Melly was upset because he didn't appear or go to the grave- graveyard with her. And then Fitz is obviously upset because what just went down with Jake. And Melly is taunting him, saying, you're with Olivia, you're with Olivia, you're with Olivia. And then finally he lets her know, no, I was actually dealing with the person who killed our son. Now, I want to hear your responses on what happened after when uh, Melly started saying things. Well, this is good because that means Jerry's death was meaningful. It had purpose. We're going to disagree. So, Sophia, you want to go first? No, go ahead. All right, so, for me, I took it as Fitz being upset because it's like, you're saying that my son, that our son that we had together was now a soldier and he died for a purpose. For me, I felt like Fitz was saying, bitch, you basically are, your whole purpose is just the White House. That's all you give a shit about. And so I understand why he was mad because for, that was just, I, I didn't no, get it. No, 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 no. And this is my thing is, okay? So Fitz, man the F up. So when you lost your son, you should have been like, you know what? The minute literally you found out, supposedly that Maya did it, and you realized that you won the election off of your dead son, you should have resigned. Do you know what I mean? Think about how many times, literally, again, he's never properly won an election, and he wants to blame everyone other than himself. He should have resigned. He didn't. So everyone else had to stay in this facade of the White House, and just because he gets to be the president, and what does that mean? What has he actually done? Because everyone else does things, and he literally is just the puppet or the monument. Melly literally was like, I am going to give my son's death meaning. Because a meaningless death, especially, and I am not a mother, but for a mother must be the most 
gut-wrenching thing that you can even think of. However, and I hope that we have gotten to a point as a country that regardless of how you think of war, we should all support our soldiers. And that's literally what every mother who has a soldier does. They know that their child could die, but at least it has meaning. Why? Because it's for the democracy of, of us being able to do this. That's what Melly was saying. She was saying that our son was a soldier and allowed not only us, but the man that I think that I have sacrificed everything for, and Cyrus, and Olivia, and everyone who has wanted for him to be the president. All roads lead to Fitz. It has meaning because now I have purpose to literally hold up the ideals of the Republic because the sacrifice meant something. If it doesn't mean anything then that means life in of itself has no meaning, and therefore I can't go on. Child, please. Yeah, I, took it I, like just, a, I, I took it very simple. If you get in a car accident and one of you and your friend dies and you live, if you don't do anything with your life after that point or, or do the things that your best friend who died wanted you to do or wanted to do, it's kind of you feel like it's a waste. Where if you survive, you're like, I survived. I survived for a reason. I need to do something to hit the ground running. I need to make a point and, and, and live on his behalf and on mine. I took it that's as that's what she meant. Fitz didn't take it that way, but he, I, 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 get, I, I get that she finally had closure and that he didn't, you know, choke on a pill. I get that. She lost me when she went further with the uh, with her speech. I, th- I I completely understand where you all are coming from. And I think that in this situation, it just came off completely wrong. Melly just was trying to get the thoughts out. And I can see how that could have rubbed Fitz the wrong way. My issue comes at the end of the conversation, though, when Fitz says, don't ever speak to me about my son again. And the problem I have with that is because I feel like in this moment when Melly was talking about this meaning, it goes back to what you guys were saying about how he's never won a proper election. I feel like it goes deeper than just don't bring up my son because of what you just said. It is a reminder now that she stated that out loud. I won the presidency once again because of something else that was beyond my control. And if you bring this up now, I'm going to automatically revert to this conversation every single time where you remind me that I'm not a real president. So, excellent point, Emil. I just excellent hate, point. I just hate when parents say, "My son." No, that's our son. Don't don't get on your high horse now. Now I'm I'm against Fitz. Don't get on your high horse now. I'm talking about don't talk about my son. No, fool, that's our child. <laughs> that, no, that really bothers me when mm-hmm. when parents split and then all of a sudden it's my child. Right. No, it's our child, fool. And also just because, yeah, anyways, okay. I'm stop there. Well, let us know what you think about that situation. All the topics we talked about, if we missed anything, let us know online. We'll talk about it on there. Um, but now it's time for Cornelius Cold Piece of the Week. All right, guys. This week, I'm giving Cold Piece of the Week to Jake. Mainly because... He sat in isolation for hours. He didn't eat. I don't know about y'all, but I have to have a glass of water when I'm waiting in limbo. I have to have something in my stomach or I'll get sick. Anyway, he sat there, didn't eat, waited for the president to come. He knew exactly when he was going to come. He knew what was going to happen when he was going to come. And he took the time instead of to try to prove his point and say that he didn't do whatever Fitz was saying that he did, which is kill his son. He baited Fitz and turned the tables on Fitz to make him seem weaker than what he already is. And, you know, he he's B613. So you're not going to come toe to toe with somebody who's been trained to do this and succeed. And he and Fitz didn't succeed. And I'm giving J. Cole a piece of the week because he was cold. 
heard. That's just my thing. All right, guys, let us know who you think your cold piece is on Twitter, YouTube, all that good stuff. But and now iTunes. we're going. Oh yeah, and iTunes. And now we're going to go into predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Yeah, sure. I see they're flashing. They're flashing this time. <laughs> um, I don't really have any predictions. I, I, I just I, yeah. I don't either. Me neither. We'll see next week. We'll watch the actual show. Where can we find you guys? Let us know what your predictions yeah. are on iTunes, Twitter, and YouTube. Where and can you, we find you guys? And guys? you can find me on all social media at Bam Erickson. Same all social media at Sophia Stanley. At Canelli on social media. And at Emil Innes Jr. and Chasing LA on YouTube. Guys, as always, it is a pleasure. And we will see you online and right here, same time, same place next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Buzz later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.